I provide them with a business kit, which is extremely comprehensive. All this design so that they can, as you said earlier, hit the ground running. Welcome to the Life Story Coach podcast, where you'll hear interviews, tips, and advice on the craft and business of personal history and life story writing with your host, Amy Woods Butler. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. This is where we talk about growing our life story business. Clients come to us because they want to create a book, a movie, an audio, or some other creative project so they can share their memories and their life stories with family and friends and with future generations. And today we're joined by Christine Norton all the way from New Zealand. Christine has a background in education and management recruitment, and she's owned several small businesses, both at home in New Zealand and overseas. She's also mentored other business owners and business people through Business Mentors New Zealand. In 2009, she established Forget Me Not Life Stories, and she recruited her dad, a World War II vet, to be her first guinea pig client. Um, Since then, she's grown the company by creating a licensee program, which she established in 2015. She takes on what she calls writing partners. Now, these are people who want to get into the business, but who aren't quite sure how to go about doing it. So she offers them an extensive training program, and then she gets her writing partners up and running so they they can hit the ground running. Um, she then continues to give support through regular meetings and mentoring and more. And that is definitely going to be one of our topics of conversation today. So, Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Amy. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, I Like I said, I want to talk about your licensee program, your, your writing partners. But first, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your business in general? So what kind of, you offer book products, I know that, but what kind of products and services specifically do you offer? And who is your clientele? So the, to answer your first question, products and services, uh, so we don't focus on audio. We have done some of that work, but it's mainly books um, beginning to end. Uh, the books are a variety of sizes and bindings, but I think the distinctive feature about them is that we love to celebrate the client's uh, photos and memorabilia. So I have three graphic designers um, who work on contract with us and they create beautiful things. Every double page spread is designed um, to, to celebrate, as I said, not only the, the, the story, but the, the memorabilia. Oh, I should add that we do also offer a mentoring and coaching service for people who are probably good at at things with a computer and want to do as much themselves. So we will mentor and coach them through the process, whatever uh, they want to do. So is that for people who like to do the writing and they're the ones who are primarily writing their life stories? Uh, yes, they, they want to do it. They might need help from us as as to the structure of it. Um, the length so that, you know, they, they haven't written 42 pages and they're still not out of high school. Uh, well, uh, high school, we call high school here. Um, so so guidance about structure and guidance about everything, really, whatever they need right. to know. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
Um, and and is that something that you're doing as well as the writing partners, or is that specifically uh, does that fall under your domain to be the the mentor and writing coach? Um, I would do it, but I've got a writing partner here where I live in the province where I live in the Bay of Plenty. So if something like that came up, I would just hand that over to her. I hand a lot of stuff over to her. Mm. Well, you know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, because I think you probably, um, well, you and I have spoken before, and I know that you are good at handing over things. That's part of your business model. It's very conscious, deliberate um, effort that you have made. And, um, you know, I think probably most of us, if we if we reach a certain level with this business, you either have to start handing more things over or you'll just drive yourself bonkers. And (laughs) so that's why I'm really curious to hear about some of the ways that you hire out some of your work, how you work, have other people working with you. So, so your writing partners, um, can you talk a little bit about your clientele? Does it, is it, uh, the full range of people? Are they mostly senior citizens? Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? You did ask me that a moment ago, uh, Amy. Yeah, the clients obviously are are usually senior citizens. Uh, I have had, I was working with a grandfather and the story was funded by granddaughter, but we've really only had, well, I've only had one of those, but yeah, generally people in their, their late 60s to 90s. And are these usually the um, storytellers themselves who are hiring you, or is it a mix of storytellers and adult children? It can be adult children, uh, but but usually the storytellers, yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that in Australia and New Zealand, and maybe I'm wrong for lumping both <laughs> both countries together, but definitely I've heard it with Australia, so I'm assuming in New Zealand as well, that um, life story and gathering family histories is, is very, very um, uh, highly considered there, um, highly valued, I should say. Uh, do you know if there's a difference in the way people, in people's attitude where you are compared to maybe the States or in Europe? Um, I, I can't compare with the States and Europe because I don't know how vibrant um, this is over there. But, but in New Zealand, certainly, I can't even comment on Australia, but here in New Zealand, what we used to be called the genealogy and it's still called genealogy, but Family History Association, I think, is the new name, very much alive and kicking. And we have done a number of talks to those groups. So sometimes they, they tend to be a lot of DIYers. They want to do it themselves, um, mm-hmm. and in which case we'll, we'll often ha- perhaps do a mentoring thing with them or ha- have a handout to help them. Um, but it's yeah very much alive and kicking um, because the moment people ask what we do and we tell them, they immediately think of, ah, oh, you're a genealogist. Oh, no, right. not actually. But, of course, we, we have to be quite diplomatic and we say they do a wonderful job. And if that research has been done, then we pop it into the first chapter, the ancestry chapter, and go for, go forward with the living, the life of the living from there, making that distinction. And we usually make that distinction in the talks we give as well. 
And that's such an important distinction to educate people about because I find the same thing. People assume right away that I have something to do with genealogy. And yeah. I I really don't know the first thing about genealogy. I, I know how to do some research on Ancestry.com, but that, you know, yeah. I, I'm probably a little bit behind most people who are hobbyist genealogists. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I usually just explain the genealogy is more about the data and uh, what I do is more about the stories. So yeah. I must say, ha- Amy, having having said that, we do have a genealogy project, um, quite a high powered businessman. And so one of my life story writers has been working with him for it must be a couple of years by now. Um, so she's she was handed that baton, but she lives uh, in a city two hours away from me. So it was more sensible that she pick that project up. Yeah, so she's scratching her head over that one. It's ongoing. She said it could take years. <laughs> He's happy to pay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think um, – you know, I've worked on projects for more than three years at a time. I know other life story professionals who have had projects that have gone on for nearly a decade. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, I do you find this that, you know, sometimes it's not so much about the finished product. It's not so much about the book. Um, and it's more about the process. It's more about sitting down and having a project to work on, a person to tell your stories to. So now I'm talking from the perspective of of the, the client or the, the storyteller. Um, and, you know, clearly the end is always going to result in a book, but some people just really like to keep the process going on um, because it's so meaningful to them to sit down and and be telling their stories. Oh, definitely. Oh, yes, definitely. That's why some of them don't mind how long it takes. (laughs) You just hope that they don't pop their clogs in the meantime. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, Well, just one other. Yes. Sorry to interrupt you, but there was one other footnote I should add to the products and services question. Um, When I started this 10 years ago, I thought to myself that it was a bit silly. If you had a young person and you did their book, they might have heaps more years of life ahead of them. And it didn't make sense to make a permanent book. So one of our bindings is what I call flexible binding. We can add chapters in the back and we can just change the the contents in the front and the and the what we call the the conclusion or the the legacy letter at the back. Uh, so that's something I should add. Yeah. And Christine, I when I was doing a little bit of um, research for this podcast episode, I saw a video clip of a TV spot you did. So you came on as a guest to a TV talk show and you brought one of these books. And by the way, listeners, um, if you have a chance to, I I will put a link in the show notes to this video clip because you'll get to see Christine, which you don't get to see on these audio podcasts, but you'll also get to see um, a book that she brought onto the show. And um, Christine, you, you displayed it and it was gorgeous. Um, when, you know, I, I think if I had just heard of a, um, a book that you could add pages to, I would think of kind of a standard binder, maybe a little bit nicer. But this was, it looks like a very, it's a very beautiful product, definitely heirloom quality. Um, and 
correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually worked with a manufacturer to create that. Is that right? I, I did. Yeah, that was 10 years ago because that, that was what I had in mind. So it's high-end, hand-bound, uh, using buckram, uh, which is the, the bookbinder's materials, uh, a variety of colours. And then we padded the cover and we've got um, page markers and end corners and we've got foiling in in silver or gold or whatever colour the client wants. So it's really high-end stuff, yeah. And then do you find that very many of your clients take you up on that where they call you a few years later and say, I I have more that I want to add to the story? Uh, Not yet, not yet. But I know... uh, I know that someone's thinking of it in a year or two and we'll get mm. reprints, of course. But, right. Uh, well, and I'm sure there has to be a pretty considerable lag time between the two, you know, yeah. if, if somebody finishes, they're not going to come to you probably in the next year. It's going to be a while. Yeah, that's right. I might not still be alive. I hope someone else has got my company. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Let's let's talk a little bit about, um, since we know it's not just you running, running the show, well, you are running the show, but it's not just you uh, in Forget Me, Not Life Stories. You have these writing partners. So um, I understand that they're, they're, license, they're business licensees. Um, if anybody doesn't know what that is, um, it's a little bit different than a franchise. So uh, actually, you could probably explain it a lot better than I can, Christine. Yeah, it, it has all the hallmarks of a franchise, but probably not... Uh, quite so all-encompassing. I didn't think that the word franchisee and franchise or would go down very well with female businesswomen, which is why mm. I have used a license mechanism um, for, for the legal side. So we have an agreement. Um, yeah. And so somebody approaches you, they hear that you have this set up um, and they they reach out to you and say, "Hey, I'm interested in becoming um, a writing a writing partner for for your company." Yes. What happens next? Walk us through the steps. I would interview them to see if I feel that they would fit with us and if we are right for them. That's the first thing, regardless of qualifications or anything else. And I, I do that interview now um, via a Skype. Well, we use Zoom, the Zoom platform. Uh, no matter where they live, we have a chat. And then if I feel that um, we're going to suit each other, I would, depending on where they're living in New Zealand, either meet with them face-to-face or um, have a, a further chat. But I, in between that, I need their... Uh, their biodata, their curriculum vitae, I ask them to fill out a confidentiality form because we've been caught out in the past when I didn't do that. <laughs> Someone around the oh. corner set up, you know, I was so free and proud of what we were doing. I shared it, you know, how you do <laughs> when you don't know any better. And so, so you mean that somebody took all of your ideas and your training, and then they set up shop for themselves? Well, well, they that what you mean? got as far as the training. We just had the initial oh. uh, uh, meeting, 
Um, but I was more free with how we do things then. I don't give away too much now until that confidentiality uh, paper is filled out and mm. I have their details. We have to learn the hard way sometimes, yeah, don't we? Do, we do, yeah. <laughs> and so then it's a, a series of, of meetings um, and I describe what we do and how we do it because it's pretty comprehensive. Mm. And you have a a training program, and I believe that you even have some training materials or a, a book or a, a manual. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so actually, um, <clears throat> I say that the success of my licensees or my writing partners is based on three things, supported by three things. One is the initial training. So I bring, bring people from around New Zealand up to where I live, which is Tauranga in the Bay of Plenty. Uh, I accommodate them. Obviously, before that happens, they know that there is a what we call a licensee fee to be paid. Um, and so that has to be paid uh, in full before the training commences. Uh, I, I uh, book a professional conference room, which is set up with all the, the high-tech stuff that we need these days. And so that's a, a full three-day training. Um, I provide them with a business kit, which is extremely comprehensive. Um, all this design so that they can, as you said earlier, hit the ground running. So the business kit um, contains, well, it's a great big long page of stuff, but it just to give you an overview, the digital voice recorders and, and transcription equipment. Um, oh, boy. So you give them the equipment. That's part yeah, of their... I, I give their... them absolutely everything they could possibly need. They don't have to wow. design a business card or a brochure or a rack card. Um, I give them bound um, samples of the books so that they've got that to show their clients. I give them a client presentation pack that I've developed, um, memory jogger cards that we've developed, all their business cards, um, a guide to speeches about crafting their own speech, or they can use mine. I give them a video of my speech. Uh, and when you say speeches, that's to go out and have public presentations to drum up interest yeah. in, in their services. Yeah, that's okay. right. Um, so they get their own badge with their own name on with our logo at the bottom uh, a, a stamp for the back of their brochures and envelopes um, stickers presentation folders notice board flyer templates banner a pull-up banner professionally designed banner um, mm. and, uh, and the banner is if they're going to have a table at a conference or something yeah or just at a talk at talk, mm. they we use the banners or at trade shows or seniors expos. We always have our banners up, um, inquiry form pads, and um, and then they also have. So I have contracted with Patricia Sharpentier from Florida. I never can pronounce pronounce her name. Correctly. <laughs> neither neither can I, and she's coming on the show very soon, I so I need to practice that. I'll have to take a lesson <laughs> in how to pronounce. Patricia's name. So anyway, all of my team can access her edit like an expert videos of which there are 49. So and they're, they're very helpful. So every monthly meeting, um, we discuss one of the videos. Um, and there are 
four modules. So there's lots of, it's going to take us years to get through all the videos. Wow. Okay. Um, so wait, I'm going to ask you to back up for just a minute. So you do this three-day intensive training yes. and then and then after that, you do a monthly meeting with all of the writing partners. Uh, there's a few bits in between. So the three okay. kinds of intensive <laughs> training. Then I um, allow any of our the rest of the established writing partners to join us on the third day or any part of the training if they want a refresher. So they can come in at any time. We normally then um, on the last day have from the afternoon and evening, uh, we, we get together and have, I suppose it's our annual conference um, and a dinner. Um, uh, so we all have a, a, a dinner and I usually do my training in October, so it's an early Christmas dinner. So that's the three, how the three-day training looks like. Um, and then with that with that three day training, are there big themes? So maybe one, how to actually create the product, and two, how to market it. Or what is what are the contents of the three day training? We actually spend quite a bit of time on marketing, and that begins with integrity selling. You know, and and a little bit about their personality, so they learn about their personality by doing a couple of personality profiles and therefore how to relate to clients. And it's all about listening yourself into a sale, as it were. So quite a lot of marketing. Um, and then- Christine, I am so impressed. I mean, the fact that you are actually looking at their personalities and doing some personality tests yeah. to make sure that they are successful with their marketing efforts. Yeah. You've thought of everything, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> they have to have done their personality test before they come for the training. But but anyway, yeah, uh-huh. it's bits that you pick up over a lifetime, you know, of whatever you do. And we all, we all do stuff. And we all have careers over a lifetime. But I'm a great advocate of integrity selling in other words listening yourself into a sale it's not about pressure no wait you're saying listening yourself into a sale yeah, that's why we have two ears and one mouth i've never heard that uh phrase before yeah. um what does that mean exactly i think i know but let's talk about it you, you, you for instance a writing partner might a writing partner might might visit a client with their a bag of goodies and usually get them out, put them on the side of the table and then say to the client, so what what would you like to achieve? What, what are your thoughts on this? And sometimes that listening can be 15 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes. And if they say, well, what have you got and how much does it cost? We reflect the question back and we say, well, look, before I tell you that, and I will, I'll tell you all that, just let me know a little bit more about you. What did you do before you retired? So we need to gather that information first so that we know how to present to them. Mm, mm-hmm. Well, and you're also building that emotional connection yeah. to the, the, the whole process for the, the possible client. Yeah, that's right. But you must listen because right. people... People need to talk. They want to talk. They want want you to listen to them. And, uh, of course, we have our digital recording devices on from the beginning. We ask them because sometimes those gold nuggets come out in that first meeting and they don't necessarily remember the right words later. 
So even in that sales meeting, you're recording it. That's, oh my gosh, that's such a good takeaway for me because I don't think that I've ever been to an initial sales sit down meeting with somebody where they do not start telling me me their stories. And I have to, you know, I always feel bad because I say, oh, you know, hold, hold on to that. I, you know, (laughs) it sounds great, but don't tell me the story because the energy is going to dissipate and we, you know, you won't tell it as fully the next time, but to have the recorder that first time, that's, that's really ingenious. We've learned that the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) That does it for today's episode. This interview is packed with ideas. So rather than throwing it all at you at once, I decided to split the interview in two. On next week's episode, you'll hear Christine talk more about her business licensee model and about the training program that she gives to new licensees and the support that she gives them above and beyond the training program, all of it based on really clearly defined systems that she's put into place. For links to today's episode, go to thelifestorycoach.com and look for episode number 53. Thanks for listening. And until next time, go out and save someone's story.